Blog Talk Radio. Okay, Kevin, for the grand prize of $1 million, what color is the White House? Um, I know this, I know this, I know this. Um, five seconds. Oh, switching to Geico could save you a bunch of money on car insurance? Okay. Judges? That's true, Kevin. They'll allow it. Congratulations. You're a winner. Woo! Geico, because saving 15% or more on car insurance is always a great answer. Blog Talk Radio. You're my lawyer, right? Yeah. And you can't repeat anything. Good evening, good evening. Can anyone hear me? Good evening. This is the Bible Enrichment Hour being hosted by Granny's Place. Can anyone hear me? Well, good evening, good evening. This is the Bible Enrichment Hour being hosted by Granny's Place. Uh, we thank Granny's Place for hosting that Bible Enrichment Hour. Um, their phone number is 310-982-4126. I'm not sure if anyone can hear me. But the latter house is being hosted by Granny's Place this evening, where Dr. Carter, Dr. Shelton Carter, is our founder and overseer. Well, Dr. Shelton Carter has a a, um, a new day call that goes forth every Monday through Friday at six thirty, um, six a.m. Pacific Standard Time, eight a.m. Central Standard Time. We go we go live every Monday through Friday um, at. 605-475-4730. That 10 is 937-429. Again, our new day morning call where we have the Breakfast of Champions is available to all who wish to call in at 605-475-4730. That 10 is 937-429. We have those calls every Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, 8 a.m. Central Standard Time. We also have a local assembly where we meet at in Los Angeles, California, where um, one of our Ladder House networks is. That address is 1745 West Vernon Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90062. Again, that's 1745 West Vernon Avenue, Los Angeles, California, 90062. Please make note of that in any of your information that you have in regards to the Ladder House, and feel free to fellowship with us at any time that you're in the area. Send family members and friends out to fellowship with us if anyone should happen to be in that area. It's a great time of fellowship, and we just welcome each and every person that would like to take the opportunity to fellowship with us. Also, you can follow Dr. Shelton Carter on uh, Our Ladder House. That's on Facebook at Our Ladder House, a place where you can go to on Facebook to get some valuable, um, encouraging information, positive things encouraging information and words and just uh, fellowship and testimonies, things of that nature that people share things that have happened to them or things that have been beneficial to them through the word and the information that they've gathered um, in following Dr. Shelton Carter. Again, you can follow that by liking us on Facebook at Our Ladder House Network. Also, if you have some information or you'd like to correspond with us, you can do so through our email at work at gmail.com. Again, our email address is dlhwork at gmail.com. 
I'm not sure if I'm being heard or if anyone's there, but if you are, please say hello. Or open. Okay, we have a different connection going forth today. Um, not sure of the various different challenges that may be going forth at this time. I see through my text messaging that we do have Ladderhouse family on, um, but I can't hear you guys. I can't hear you guys, and I don't know where that challenge comes in at. That means if I can't hear you, Dr. Carter can be on, and I cannot hear him either. So please bear with us as we figure out this technical glitch. Good evening. Hello. 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 Can you hear me? This is Carol. Yeah. Hello. Yes. Hello. <laughs> okay. All right. Now you can hear. Can you hear me, Shanine? Shanine. I can hear. I can hear you. I, I, I think we lost Shanine. <laughs> okay. Oh, well, let me get me text and tell her what to do. Okay. Hold on. All right. Can you hear me now? All right. Yeah. Yes, we can, can hear you. Because I can hear you. Oh, my goodness. Lord, help me. But I tell you. You you got you got it, Shanine. You got it now. Those buttons that's on the left, make sure you click them in so everybody can come in on that first no. button, okay? There were no buttons. My board was empty. Is this is now? Do you see any now? Now, yes, I just now saw you, wonderful people, and I was like, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. <laughs> no, okay, you're not alone. Well, yet. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, praise now, the Lord, then, our okay. Bible, <laughs> our Bible enrichment <laughs> hour. We thank God for the stick to this of the latter houses, the court of communion. Say hello, family. It's so good to hear your voice. I'm not a lonely man on an island. Say hello, please. Hi. Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, we hear you. I hear it. You know I love it. All right, ma'am. I was going to say, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Baby, the numbers I had, I said I got to get Sister Lewis' number. Because I remember one time we was on... And she, uh, I remember Sister Lewis saying that we were muted or something. And then mm-hmm. I saw her trying to pass that around and said, somebody let her know we can't hear. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Hey, hey, you, okay. can't, you can't hold up and let her house women down, okay? You never, Amen. never that. <laughs> it won't happen. It will not happen. That's right, baby. Amen. <laughs> it's okay, way past our time, but we're still trying to get on in the name of okay. Jesus. Okay. Right. Praise God. Uh, Shanine, now you got it. You still got your, uh, when you went live, you still have your night, probably your 90 minutes. So, uh, Pastor, I told him you was on now, so he should be calling in because he was wondering what was happening. Okay. Amen. <laughs> Yes, we we okay. all yes. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And, <laughs> praise the Lord. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to anybody out. You you need the second button is the mute button. You can just you can click it. I mean, you can click on it and that'll mute out everybody. Else, the noise one by one. Okay. 
Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Let's okay, just now, pray now for Shanine and this newfound thing going on today. Amen. 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 <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. Now you 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 good to go. Okay. I'm gonna yes, go back ma'am. to my room. Okay. Yes, <laughs> I'm going yes, back ma'am. To my room. <laughs> Well, while Thank we're you. away, an interesting thing happened to me today. But besides this blog talk radio, wonderful experience, <laughs> personal development challenges I've had today, it was quite interesting that through my lunch experience with my family, and that was just a few of the the females of the family, that we ended up talking about Daniel. It was quite hilarious because I had information on Daniel. I knew what his name was, knew what it was changed to, and Shadrach, and Michelle, and how it was Meshach, and, I, you know, because we know the story, but trying to remember who, how the names were changed and all that stuff, we were going through a, a debate, and I was able to say, well, if you were on our New Day call this morning, you would have this information firsthand because a wonderful young lady was blessed to share the information with us. Uh, you just trying to brag. You're trying to brag. Nope, you can find yourself some power, some information. You can get refreshed. It's like our morning power power hour. We get together. We gather information. We share. We pray. We lift each other up. We fellowship. We get some teaching. You can get some everything you need to get ready for your day. And it was quite interesting because I put on my glasses to pull up my information, and they started laughing. Oh, she's got the knowledge now. She got the glasses on. But I just laughed at the fact that it just, you know, certain things come back up throughout the day that we do um, in our morning in which, um, our morning, our morning yeah. call and various different things. And it, it's just amazing. If you look for God, you see God in everything that you do, and you'll see information, uh, instruction, encouragement, and all that you do. And just wanted to share that little tidbit. I'm not sure um, who else has something that they had got from this morning or this week's lessons and things that they would like to just share or just a testimony of the goodness of God and their wonderful resurrection on Sunday because I miss you guys Monday and Tuesday. But the floor is open. Please share. Well, praise God. Praise God. I, first of all, I would like to thank God for you being able to get on. I'm sorry that uh, you had such a problem, but it's just a new thing for you, and uh, we will be going over this again. So uh, uh, just be patient, and God will, you know, he always fix it for us. So we, we're going to uh, be happy and glad in that. And also, I want to say good evening to my family, and I enjoyed having lunch with you all today because I am here with you, and it has been such a wonderful joy and time of fellowship, and I love each one of you little roundhead people. <laughs> you you all are so loving and so concerned, just, uh, just going to care about me in and hug me and love me and I feel just like I'm, I've been with you forever. You just just family. So thank you, thank you, thank you for welcoming me. Thank you for treating me so wonderfully. And I just look forward to many more days of fellowship. Which, Amen. 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 Well, it's good to have you here on this side. No. Understanding and hanging out with us over here in the Pacific 
Standard Time area. We feel all all special, and we got royalty in the house. We got some Dallas, a little Dallas flavor with us, and we are excited about just any and every opportunity we have to fellowship with the family and and be able to see and touch on you and, you know, love on you. So it's an exciting time for us here, not only hearing each other, but being able to actually see you and touch you. It's great. It's great. So we're we're blessed to have you here. I don't know anybody else from Dallas that likes to just come in and speak and say hello. We're looking forward to all y'all coming down here and just fellowshipping with us and just coming up there and fellowshipping with you guys. Please take a minute and share with us this evening. This is Sophie and I. Good evening, good evening. Hi, okay, my sister, my sister said, I asked how was it in the neighborhood, my sister said, but I didn't know what hood she was in. <laughs> I, I thought I was surprised. You know? Okay, well, surprise, 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 amen. And I must say, yes, I know that uh, I've felt that love before, and it is such an awesome, awesome feeling that have uh, the family there in L.A. greet you and just love on you. So I know you're having an excellent time, and uh, uh, yes, you sir. have safe travels uh, when you get ready to come back to uh, our Texas store. <laughs> okay. Uh, you have an awesome, awesome time. And, yes, and this morning I must say the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, you know, open up some things and open up some eyes to let us know that our awesome sister that brings us all those um, uh, health tips, uh, it, she's really on it and she's really uh, doing, uh, again, her due diligence and bringing us that information. And it is, it, it, whether or not uh, she knew before this morning, but it is so biblical. Everything is so biblical. It talks about how the boys uh, uh, ate uh, what God instructed them to eat, they ate their vegetables and drank water and how they were healthier than those who were eating all the other things in life. So it made me, it gave me a whole different look, outlook on maybe I might need to try some of this and maybe my food needs to have a, a label on it. <laughs> uh-uh. food, I have a label on it, right? <laughs> so uh, that, that's, it, it was, it, it was enlightening to, uh, Get that information. So again, uh, our calls are really bringing some uh, uh, knowledge to us to know how to live and how to live healthy, and not only hey, how to live, but how to how to also live spiritually. So I I love what the latter house brings to uh, us. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Um, I know the government had stuff that she was sharing as well, too. For us, open, man. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I hope I don't sound like nothing, but I'm next. I'm coming up there and uh, down there. I hope y'all know where I'm going to show me how to get up there and hold my hand on the plane, but uh, I'm next. <laughs> I look forward to it. I'll say, you sure did surprise us. Come again, you know, launch it. thing. You getting your water made right there. That's hilarious. 
She did get some green powder, though. I did give her, bless her, with some some actual to-go packs with some green powder. So when she get back, add that to her arsenal and try that out and see if she likes it and wants to go ahead and take the opportunity and, and add that into her diet. So we were blessed to be able to do that and just fellowship and break bread. We haven't had the opportunity to give her that infused water, though, but she's still getting all the love and nutrients that she can hold. That's it. That's um, it's, it's overwhelming, and I love it. I I, I, lo- I love to be overwhelmed with love. It's just a beautiful thing. And, uh, I want to tell you, I want to share. Uh, you should have seen this look that I got for the plate that I had. <laughs> and then you didn't know, but I know what you, what you look like <laughs> when you look yeah. at my plate. But, but I had to eat, you know. I have to eat. Yeah. I have to <laughs> she, she was trying to real. take a little inventory to see what everybody had on the table. She didn't look real happy about it, but I, I, I had nah. that, but it, I'm be good. I'm be, I'm still being good. That's right. That's right. As long as we got the heart and the mind to change, you know what I'm saying? Make them step. Yeah. So now that we I know better, we're gonna do the opera, Right. I thank God for the opportunity because. While I've been um, able to gather the various information I gather from my personal experience, and please, please, please excuse the grandbaby if you can hear her holler in the background. She's with her mother. So sorry. Can't mute you out, but I'm so sorry. Nevertheless, um, in in, in obedience, I actually was uh, instructed to share the information with you guys because I've shared on various different levels, but I I was instructed to share even over the line. Not knowing exactly how that will go forth, but just sharing as I was giving it to share or as it's been beneficial to me. So I just thank God for um, for obedience and just learning how to just do as I'm told. Not always understanding sometimes. Just you know, I have a blank look on my face. Doctor Carter would tell you, but I'm I'm gonna do what you said. I, I I don't understand everything, and when I don't understand, I ask questions. Hopefully, so I can do it good you know, or do it in excellence, but nevertheless, I go forth to getting tweaked on the way, getting the personal development exercises and things that happen on the way. Nevertheless, yeah. I, I still, I'm learning how to embrace that, how to, you know, look for areas that I can grow in, look for areas I can change in, and not mm-hmm. just use the information that I've been blessed to get however the Lord blessed me to get it, but being able to be blessed to get it, to be a blessing to share it. And at, at various different levels, if people get that information, they make whatever necessary arrangements they need to make at, in their time and understanding their time. So, Sister Lewis, even when I look across the table and look at people's food, I'm not always looking to criticize. I just wonder what people chose to eat sometimes because, unfortunately, because the Lord has blessed me to be able to um, actually take control over that particular part of my life, People feel sometimes when I'm around that I may be trying to judge. And if you ask me a question, yeah, I can answer, but I really wasn't thinking about it like that. I've learned how to fellowship with people, and I find that often, more times than not, people are wondering what I'm thinking about what they're doing and not just enjoying the fellowship. And 90% of the time, I'm not really paying attention to all that um, (laughs) because I enjoy the fellowship. And I notice that that's a gift as well, too, just to be able to have the family around and fellowship and share, even Mm -hmm. if, you know, it's it's around food because that's where people sometimes feel the most comfortable and they like to to share and just 
be able to, you know, fellowship in that fashion. And it's okay with me. I'm I'm no longer at a place where I'm bothered by it. When I was bothered by it, I excused myself out of things. No, thank you. I had something to do. But I'm I know how to fellowship in a great fashion now and not and I'm not worried about it. But it's it's it was great. It's just great to be able to have the opportunity. And also it's great to hear that people want to know more. They want to know about what's going on with their health. They want to be part of what's going what the doctor says going on. They asking questions. They're trying to, uh, you know, see, okay, well, what is this medicine side effect? Was there another medicine I can use that doesn't have that side effect? Or can I get on this medicine for this short period of time and then get off of this medication? Because I don't want to be, pro- you know, I want to find a cure for what's going to be be a part of the cure and not part of the problem. Because I've heard a lot of stories where people have had things like uh, illnesses and cancers and various things like that. They cure the cancer, but your liver's failing, or your kidney needs to be replaced, or but you don't have cancer anymore. Yay! No, we want to be able to be completely uh, whole as God uh, on purpose for us to be, spirit, soul, and body. With that, I'm not sure if Dr. Carter has um, having any challenges coming on because Shanine is at the control, but we pray that the man of God will be able to. To log on and she hasn't done something to affect him. Well, you can see him when he comes on. You can see the number when it when it pops up. If you scroll down, right. if it's on the left side, you can scroll on. You can scroll down and see if there are any more people who have came come on. Also, yes, ma'am, I do see that. But again, I just don't know if I hit the wrong button because I had all y'all muted, but. <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't even see the numbers. That there were no numbers was my, on my little uh, screen that either. That so. was my that was my misinstruction. I was supposed to tell you that once you get past that blog talk um, introduction, you have to mute it, uh, bring in everybody in. So uh, we're gonna oh, get it okay. together. Okay. Amen. Yeah. Amen. But I, I did Amen. want to tell you. That, uh, uh, it, it didn't bother me, and I know it wasn't bothering you. As um, you, I know you were just uh, being observant, so uh, I just mentioned <laughs> it. That was all. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I just know you. I know what you was doing, and it wasn't. <laughs> <Man. bother. laughs> it was all good. It was all good. Okay, what did you eat, sis? I'm just kidding. I am like, what did she eat? I had five cooked with some hash browns and some scrambled eggs. Oh, it was wonderful. I'm Yeah. 
you're going to help me. You know, Amen. We all doing better day by day. Yeah, that's it. Like I said, we got the heart to change, so we're open to it. That's the thing. Amen. Amen. I know that there are some various different things that Dr. Carter has taught us about in this last week. I know we had the Resurrection Sunday and things of that nature. And um, Monday's uh, teaching, you know, we've had time to to, – Chew on it a bit. I'm sure you know you still probably have a plate to be cutting, and you're chewing on that piece today. And you're chewing on that piece, but I'm. It's interesting, or it's very helpful to um, understand and and just share the various different areas and ways that it's ministered to you, or the word on Monday ministered to you, and the things that um you you learn and you gathered. Um, oftentimes, when we share them with one another, it helps. It helps the various ones of us grow not just um, in the area of being able to share our testimonies and things, but just understanding that, you know, certain thought processes and things that we go through individually are uh, not necessarily a bad thing, just a different thing. Understanding that the, the diversities make us who we are and we embrace those diversities. But when we share them, then um, it, it helps us uh, understand and be able to even embrace our Oftentimes we can be our worst critics and thinking we should be doing this better. We've been doing this for so long. We should be doing that better. But I I know that oftentimes when you are sharing and you share from that word and that that place that you've learned from, it's it's very instrumental um, with helping others of the family get um, from whatever place they are to their next level. So I'd ask that um, hmm, someone – out of the uh, the three of us who've been able to get on so far, uh, four of us actually be able to share in Monday's experience. Uh, yeah, I had challenges on Monday as well too, but I praise the Lord that I'm overcoming them every day. So, if some of our lovely sisters would care to take a minute and share from the studies and lessons that Dr. Carter brought on Monday, that would be greatly appreciated. Well, good evening, and I just want to uh, say uh, one of the greatest points that I got that he brought out on Monday was uh, the unconditional love. The just talking about uh, love, and you know, sometimes later I think uh, I uh, you think about some of the things that are said, and you think about what is love, and you know, what uh, just to. feel that and you know listening to uh sister LaShonda uh now as she talks about the love that she's embracing with all of you guys and you know it's such an awesome thing because we do have that kind of love where we you know you you hear you on the call all the time you hearing these voices and then when you get a chance to see each other face to face it it brings about a different type of uh, situation where you, you, you such as like you know each other, your family, and you have that family love, but then you also have that those other loves, and there's just so many different things. But guess what? They all add back up and come back together. Uh, just of time, it all uh, the, the definition of love end up being time, spending time with each other, time in the morning, spending time. Uh, in Bible study, spending time as a family, spending time in fellowship, and just spending time with one another, and it's, it's just uh, that's the love 
that we get, you know, and then having that, uh, of course, unconditional love where we are not criticizing or judging uh, one another in, in those things. So uh, that's my take on uh, what we got uh, on some of what Pastor talked about on Monday. I amen, like amen. Well, thank you. Go ahead. Uh, that I did learn, and which I've been putting in practice, that unconditional love is just something us possess as uh, Christians and or lovers for one sister to another to to our believers. And um, I have been trying to do that. Uh, probably for the last six or seven months because we have challenges every day with folks, every day, you know, uh, regardless of what position we're in or what we're doing. But if you can love unconditionally, uh, that's a God thing, and that's part of the transformation that you go through. And I've I've been blessed with the um, Transformation series that he's been doing, and uh, you know, it, 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 he always gives you something to think about and to check yourself mm-hmm. about to see if you know you're there, to see if you uh, are walking uh, by God's will and not your will. And I've uh, do, been doing a lot of self checking, and I thank God for Dr. Carter and what he's taught and what he's teaching and. I just look forward to more and more of learning and develop, as you say, self-development from him uh, because it's just so helpful and, and just brings you to a place where you want to be, you, you, you want to be all that God has for you to be. So that's uh, my take, and I love, I've learned to love better. I've learned to not to be so critical. I've learned not to judge as much. And because I could be uh, judgmental, but I've learned, you know, that's not the way. So thank you. Thank Amen. you if you're listening, Carter. Um, you've really transformed and helped me with the transition and transformation in my life. Amen, amen. Well, thank you, for, thank you for sharing that. Um, I don't want to belabor the hour. We had some technical difficulties, sir, so sorry for that issue, but the floor is now yours. We turn it over to none other than our founder and overseer, Dr. Shelton Carter. Amen. God bless you. God bless your hearts and all your parts. Uh, happy Tuesday evening, and uh, we'll take time out to share and study God's word. It's a blessing to hear you all gossiping, amen, this evening. <laughs> <laughs> but you're good gossiping. You're gossiping the word, Amen. Amen. I love the, uh, uh, Amen. sharing the good news. And so it's a healthy gossip and um, and feeding and pouring into one another. That just does my heart all the good, especially uh, when you understand the power of fellowship. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I want you to look at something. Um, I mean, uh, uh, the, let me find it first. Uh, I didn't plan this. Amen. But I think it is... Uh, Appropriate. Um, One second. One second. Amen. Yes. 
Let's look at uh, in Luke chapter 5 really quick. And, man, I know the hour is late, and we've uh, um, had some setback tonight. However, we pray that the Holy Ghost will uh, redeem the time that was lost. In Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 1, it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. In one place it says that they were mending their nets. Then Jesus got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the multitude from the boat. And when he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, at your word, at your word, nevertheless, in spite of, irregardless, your word will move me into a place that will supersede my feeling, my emotion, and even my thinking on the matter. Because I have highly exalted your word above my opinion, above my emotion. Because my thinking can be off. My emotions could be misleading. But your word is infallible. Your word is constant. Your word is all authoritative, and your word is all power. And your word does what it is set. set. Also, what we are finding is that his word, amen, is finding us in a certain place. He says, he said, he says, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night long and caught nothing. But I'm recognizing that it changes from nothing to abundance when I learn to stop moving out of my intellect and start moving according and in uh, harmony synonymously with your word. Because when I agree with your word, then all things are well. Joshua said it like this, that God wants to give me good success and do his word. But if I don't keep and do his word, then success may not be as guaranteed or assured as it was in Joshua's days, who had the discipline to not only hear the word, but to do the word that he was hearing. And it is the discipline that prove your discipleship and prove that you are a disciple of Christ, which means that you are a follower of Christ. And what proves that you are a follower is because if you are my disciple, then keep my commandments. You do my word even when my word is not popular. You do my word even when I don't feel comfortable. You do my word even when you're emotional. You do your word even when your mind is telling you something different. I have You discipline yourself to do that word. And the assurance comes, amen, and, and, and provokes us even more when you have, amen, fellowship with the word and you watch the word produce in your life. 
the Bible says, he said, nevertheless, at your word, we will let down the net. And when they had done this, caught a great, watch this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Now, get this. They are toiling all night, and they catch nothing. And so they come back to shore, go back to shore, and they are uh, 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 repairing their nets. One translation says they are mending their nets. And the reality is they're actually just putting it back together so they can store it up but never go back out and do based upon the things, basically go back and do what they were doing because now they are in a place of dejection and hopelessness because they have done what they knew to do, and what they knew to do wasn't working no more. And this is how we are sometimes, especially in ministry. We do what we know to do, and we do all that we know to do, and sometimes we get to the place where what we know to do isn't working anymore, and so therefore we think something is broke with it instead of realize that it might be something that we are missing. And one of the things that we may be missing is is that maybe maybe how we do what we do must change now because what we've been doing up until now has been successful, but all of a sudden now it's not as successful as it used to be, but we're so bound to our traditions and so bound to our opinions, so bound to our ideals that we worship at the, uh, we worship at the idols of our own opinions, that we believe our own heights, because once before something we came up with worked, or once before God was moving with you and blessing you with something that he gave you when he gave you his word, but what you didn't understand, that the word God gives is a proceeding word. It is a moving word. It is a revelatory word. It is an unfolding word. He says to Peter, he says, Peter, upon this rock, in which he pronounced him as the Christ. He said, flesh and blood did not do this, but my father has to reveal this, pull back the covers. Apocalypse is the word. He has pulled back the cover, revealed to me. See, it's one thing to read the word, but it's another thing to have that word that you read revealed. And so why change wasn't um, inevitable was because you were in the word and you went and you attended stuff in the name of the Lord, but God not, had not pulled back the blinders off of your eyes yet and allowed you to see what you couldn't see without his spirit up on you or to hear what you couldn't hear unless he pulled back the cover and graced you to understand something you couldn't understand because he says in Ephesians that this thing is a mystery. And a mystery is something that is not easily found, but it's not something that is not supposed to be discovered. A mystery is something that is not easily found, but it, and it's not something that is easily discovered, but it is, is something that is to be uncovered because a mystery is not useful or helpful just being a mystery. God wants it known and to be found, but he is not supplying that type of equipment to that level of irresponsibility. This is why in one place he says that he that doeth the will shall know his doctrine. Doctrine meaning teaching, understanding. He will give explanation. But sometimes, in some cases, he first want to see that you will obey him. And once he identifies that you will cooperate with his unctions, his leading, 
then he will come back later and bring you forth understanding. Likewise with mysteries. Paul said it like this, as the apostle given to the Corinthian church, again, the apostle is one that is sent, not, uh, uh, and I'm not talking uh, apostolic as it relates to denomination, but I'm talking apostolic as it relates to function. And in the function, the apostolic anointing is one that is sent. And so the sent one says, I have been sent because I have been equipped. You don't send somebody somewhere to perform a duty, a job, or a responsibility who has not yet been equipped for that responsibility. And one of the things we miss is we are following leaders and teachers and words that are uninformed, uninspiring, and they're simply dead words, and they have no uncovering. Paul says this. I mean, Paul says it like this. He says that faith cometh by hearing, but faith cometh by hearing the word of God. Notice that it did not say that faith comes by having heard the word of God. And so we heard the word of God, and we had inspiration, but you didn't know that there had to be a proceeding word coming. And this is why he says that man does not live by bread alone, but by every, every Every, which means that it's possible that you've missed something that was sent your way. And this is why something has been stifled, stagnant, or inoperable in your life that once was living, moving, and thriving. The potential of it. These are professional fishermen who are discouraged, despondent because they have stepped out in all that they knew to do, and this is why we and a lot of us keep coming to problems and running into dead ends because we are doing what we know to do, and so therefore what we do, which we know to do, is the thing we do that usually make us feel best at that given time. But when God is leading, sometimes he will lead you in places at a time that the time itself don't feel good, nonetheless the effort that is required from you during that time. And some of us give ourselves permission to opt out of exercising the word because of the condition of our time. And because of the condition of your time, the condition of your life has been surrounded, equipped in an atmosphere that is dejected. The disciples are dejected. They're despondent. They've been working, man. The Bible used the word toiling. They had been toiling all night for a catch. Struggling for a catch. Watch this. These are professional disciples who understand the aquatics. They understand the waters. They are marine experts. And for them to not catch a fish or to catch fish, well, they didn't catch a fish. The Bible says they threw their nets out there, and what and what they were using to harvest a man was no longer bringing it in. Matter of fact, the equipment that they used needed obviously some level of reinforcement, and this is known because the Bible says they cast their net, but after casting their net, they caught nothing. But the evidence of the warfare that was 
upon the thing that they were using was made known. And we know this because they had to mend their net, and you don't have to mend your net if your net hadn't been torn. If there hadn't been some damage, you've experienced some level of damaging that you have made your mind up that I'm never going to try it again. I'm never going to do it again. I'm never going back to that again. And God is saying to you, the reason it did not work and the reason it disappointed like it did is because you moved on the first word not realizing that I was giving you a proceeding word and you missed the proceeding word because you might have missed your apostle who was supposed to unfold the mystery for you because he has been given a grace, according to Ephesians, for you to reveal. He has been given a dispensation of grace, the Bible says, to reveal the hidden mysteries that had not been made known in, at, at other ages and other times, but have now been made known to you, which means that what God gave in one age or in another time was for that age or that time, but because his word kept proceeding, he was giving you an unfolding word for the time that you're in now. Ah, God told, 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 told the... Uh, 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 the prophet to go down to the brook, and there, there was going to be this widow woman, amen, that was going to provide for him. And so he obeyed the word of God, and so, but once he obeyed the word that carried his action or his correspondence to the brook, the Bible said the word that he, he was in obedience to got him to a place of disappointment as well. Because he got to the brook based upon the word of God that was given to him at that time, and the brook dried up. God gave you a word to go do something, and you went out there and you did it, and it didn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to turn out. And the reason it didn't turn out the way that you thought it was going to turn out, matter of fact, instead of turning out the way that you thought it was going to turn out, it became more damaging. And the measure of the effort that you put into it definitely was not uh, uh, not uh, 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 affirmed or confirmed by the measure of the harvest that you received. Am I talking to anybody? Y'all understand what I'm saying here? You threw it out there, and you know God led you to do it. And so you couldn't understand the disappointment of the productivity that was coming out of what it is that you knew you were led to go do. And not only were you led to go do it, you got a word on it. But you didn't understand there was a preceding word. God told that prophet to go down to the brook for this woman was there to provide for him. And once he got to the brook, the brook dried up. But even though the brook dried up, the Bible said that the raven came and fed him. And a raven was something that was literally disqualified for feeding because, again, the raven was considered a dirty bird, an unlawful bird to eat. But yet God provided through this raven. Y'all better hear me. But watch this. The prophetic word of God often does not complete its task or performance of the task because we settle on the first word and the first word is not enough to 
produce faith. Because faith cometh by hearing. And you're going to need more than an initial word. This is why most people that jump out on an initial word usually burn out real fast. They jump on the initial word, the initial word of prophecy, the initial word of wisdom, and they jump out and they go running and doing that thing. Oh, God called me to preach, and you go running to go preach. No, God called you to preach. He didn't send you to preach. And there's a difference from being called and sent because many are called, which means that the calling is not permission to go preach. Oh, I know I'm messing with your theology now, but the truth is light. He called you to do that thing that you're doing, but he hadn't sent you yet. And so you went to the calling unequipped for the purpose, and so now you are in a calling that was supposed to transfigure into a purpose, but because you got arrogant with the first word and was excited and pumped that God would actually talk to you, and you ran out there presumptuous, emotional, and you said, oh, God, this is it. How do I know? Because last time I got in a serious situation, or the last time I got a blessing, this is just how it came. Yes, until you became his disciple. Once you become his disciple, you develop and you encounter levels of risk that you didn't incur while you were in the world. And so now what you're using to throw out there, you got rocks snagging at it. You got seaweed caught up in it. You got everything in your sickle except your harvest. You got everything in your net but fish. You got rocks and you got stuff that's weighing down your ability to be productive now. And not only is it weighing down your ability to be productive, but it's destroying, decaying, and literally disfiguring instead of transfiguring. But when God throw his word at you and you follow the preceding word, that preceding word, will motivate you on another level. Remember, Jesus was a rabbi. He was a master teacher. The master teacher understood that faith came by hearing. And so he understood that these discouraged disciples wasn't going to move because they got a word. They weren't going to be built up in their person because they got a word. And this is what's happening to some of you all. You are experiencing some level of disappointment, dejection, rejection, and your heart is at a certain place right now because you heard the Lord and you did what the Lord told you to do, and now you're in that thing that God taught you to do, but yet you are being disappointed constantly. And not only are you being disappointed, but your net now has a hole in it, and it's causing the things that you are trying to bring in and harvest to fall right through your stuff. You're going to work every single day on that job God sent you to, but now all of a sudden, you're hemorrhaging financially because you have no more word than the word you got the first time. And you got that word 19 years ago. And you settled and you camped around where God was and you didn't keep pursuing where he was going. And you got arrogant and cocky in just getting to know him on that level. And then God sent you somewhere and had to show you and, pay to, and, and tutor you and prove to you that you don't know as much as you think you know. You don't, you ain't, you, 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 you're not all of that. You're going to have to humble yourself. 
and find your apostolic gift that reveals the hidden mystery that ends up lighting your fire and cause you to do stuff that you would not do on your own ability. It has to be an, something with an anointing catch to it to the point that you'll go from being disappointed, mending, Ending your day, because this is what the disciples are doing. They said, the work day is over, and I was not productive, and I'm disappointed. And I don't know if I want to get up and go back out there and try that again, because this time it hurt me so much that not only did it hurt me, it left damages to the point that my neck is ripped. And if I ain't catch no fish, then I didn't make no money, which means that I can't even afford the repairs. Life is so that I can't even afford to be repaired. And so instead of and so instead of repair, I have to learn how to live with the damages. And and the damages never appear until it's time to catch something. And it's that time that you realize that you may have something to catch with, but it's not in condition to bring it in. Ha! You got something, but it ain't equipped. It ain't ready. And you know this. And you're saying, God, but it got damaged doing what you said do. He said, yeah, I gave you my word. But I was giving you a preceding word, Peter. Up on this rock, I will build my church. What rock? The progressive revelation of the word of God, where I understand that you're not Elijah, you're not Moses, but you are one. You are the Messiah. You're not trying to be, and irregardless of whether or not you're on the cross yet or not, I can see prophetically in the spirit that you are the Christ. Is what Peter said. And he said, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. Reveal what? The revelation, the word, the uncovered word that moves you to the next dimension. And the reason it ain't working like it used to work and you're starting to incur more damages than productivity is because God is ready to do something different with you. He came, first of all, to mend your nets tonight, to mend you in your broken places, to build you up where you're torn down. But he said, I'm going to do it this time through your obedience. In other words, I'm not going to heal you and then send you but I'm going to send you, and then as you go, I'm going to heal you. You remember the blind man that was at the pool, that the blind man, Jesus took clay, spit on the ground, put it in his eyes, and he told the blind man, he said, now go down to the pool of Siloam and wash. Wait a minute. Not only am I blind, but you're telling me that the way you're going to get me back my sight is you're going to start putting something over the impediment that makes it more difficult to do that even if God opened my eyes, I got this clay in my eye that's going to prohibit my sight anyway. So, God, if it's really you, then why are you presenting me with a challenge 
that makes it a little harder because God is presenting to you a challenge that's actually not a challenge. It's a challenge only because of your perception of how you see your recovery, how you see your vision, how you see where you're going. It's your altered perspective. And God is trying to readjust your perspective by allowing you seasons of disappointment to send you the signal that, hey, man, it ain't working like that no more over there. With the place you now dwell is too small. Let every man take a beam and cross over to the other side as it related to the school of the prophets over in the book of Kings. But not only that, in this case, as it relates to disciples, professional fishermen who was awesome in their occupation, understood who they were as professionals, but yet was falling short in the area of what they knew. God, what do you do when what I know to do don't work no more? And all I know is what I know, and what I know don't work. When what you know don't work anymore, it's time to get another word. The prophet went down to the brook. The brook dried up. But the prophet went on the first word. And once he got into the place that God had commissioned him to be, then the additional word came for him. And we settle for the initial instead of pursuing the revealed word of God that is uncovered and unfolded. See, there's another layer to that understanding that you need, and this is what you don't have, and this is why you're running into dead ends. But God is so gracious that the spirit of grace said, look, I'm coming to your curve. I'm coming to your sure. I'm coming to your disappointment. I'm coming to your failure." I'm coming to your brokenness. And I'm going to mend your net. And then I'm going to ask you, can we get in your boat? Because I've been feeding these 5,000 people. And they've been following me around. And, and now they want to eat. And they want this and that. And so now I ain't going to feed the 5,000 who come for the loaves and fish. But now I'm after the smaller number, the 12, the disciples. But wait a minute. There's a difference between those that come to church for loaves and fish, and obviously there are more of them people. They just kind of tend serving. You saw a whole bunch of them there on, on Easter. But then those disciples, they don't care if it's Easter. They don't care if it's Groundhog's Day. They don't be before the Lord. They don't care if there's an organ. They don't care if there's a piano. They don't care if there's a person there to lead work. They don't care what is going on. They are going to serve God irregardless because they understand that they don't live by bread alone, and they need a preceding understanding of who their God is so that they can be where God wants them to be. And whenever they are at the place where God has ordained them to be, then they realize that their vision brings forth their provision. But you don't get the provision of your vision until you first start moving. And sometimes God will allow you to lie in brokenness before he gives you enormous harvest. Because as you're pursuing greatness, you will encounter hard times. You will encounter struggles. Sometimes the numbers won't add up to what they used to be. And you got to learn how to endure that season. 
And so instead of bailing you out and bringing you all the time, sometimes God's got to let you sit in it and develop and grow out of it. You understand when you start receiving that many tears, that many snags, then you might need to get a second word, and the second word says, don't take your net and throw it where you've been throwing it. But now take your net and throw it on the other side. Which means that there is a life change coming for you. A life change coming for you. A change. A wonderful change. A transfiguring, transforming, a transformation coming for you. And that transformation is tied to, connected to the preceding word. There is an additional revelation word that God wants to give you. This one is going to come from the inside out. Even if someone else speaks it, you're going to catch your part. You're going to catch your understanding. Tonight you all were reviewing and going over some things that we have studied and learned. And you're reciting what you got from it. And what somebody else got was what they got. You got to learn how to catch yours. And you got to know it when it come by. And when the man of God releases it, you got to move on it. How do I move on it? I move when he moves. When he say that we are experiencing happy days, then you declare, I am experiencing happy days. Other than that, he has declared it, released it in the earth, but it's just bouncing all around the atmosphere and never hitting your house because you never brought it to the house. The reason why you don't just go on preaching unless you are sent is because when God sends you, he sends you with a vision that has a revelation so that the people can call on him. And how can they call on him in whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he has been sent? And if he has been sent, he has been sent with something that gives the people something to call on. I don't know about you, but I don't need a preacher preaching at me on a Sunday morning or otherwise that they can give me something to call on that is in addition to the thing that God has already taught to me. This is what we call a confirmation or affirmation. A confirmation or affirmation is when somebody brings you a word of revelation, amen, that reveals or confirms or affirms something that God has already been talking to you about. Because the role of the New Testament prophet is not as it was in the Old Testament. And the only reason God dealt with the Old Testament prophet as he did such is because there were only three positions that received the anointment, the endowment, amen, of the Spirit, which was the prophet, the king, and the priest. And it's through that level of revelation, through that level, that God spoke a word. And he spoke a word by way of revelation. The prophet was called a seer because he saw what God wanted. And once he saw it in, through insight, he began to declare what he saw, what was revealed, what was uncovered. And people that walked with that word found themselves in breakthrough, blessings, and harvest. And those that did not get it found themselves in destruction, chaos, or wildernesses. God said, go possess the land. Because the land that I want you to possess, I, God, have already given it to you. But you're going over there telling me that it's spies in the land, 
and you can't do it because we are as grasshoppers in their sight of the giants. But you're spies and you're grasshoppers. I shared you before that you can't, if you are a spy, that means that the giant never saw you because you was creeping in the dark. And so you're creeping around your harvest. You're creeping around your blessing. You're not possessing it yet. And the reason you're not possessing it because you don't have the confidence or the assurance of the additional word. And the words you got, you don't have an uncovering. Yes, you heard the word, but you're not hearing the word. Yes, you got a sermon this Sunday morning, but you ain't got no word. You got a sermon, you ain't getting no word. If you got a word, that word will move you. It will move you. It will move you. A word. A real revealed word from God. Are you understanding what I'm saying to you tonight? You are a word away from. You're missing the additional part. What was the additional part? He says, go and possess. And you said, okay, God want me to go over here. I heard it say, go over there and possess. And so, hmm, we'll go over here and see what it looked like. No, I didn't tell you to go over there and see what it looked like. I told you to go over there and go get it. But before you go and get it, you make sure you have the understanding of this word I gave you, and you have, I know you have the understanding because you'll stop creeping around your harvest and you will step up to the challenge of your harvest, even if the challenge challenges you. And the other day I told you that some of you all need to repent, but the thing you need to do in repentance or rethink or to think again is not to repent of your sin, but you need to, you need to repent and turn your repentance on yourself. You need to rethink. You need to rethink you. Go and possess the land. And if you go and possess the land, the only way you're going to possess it is you're going to have the confidence and the assurance of that word that I gave you already because you don't just have the fundamental level of that word, but you have the additional uncovering or revelation of that word, and it gave you the confidence to know that if God told me to go and possess the land, I can do it, and I know I can do it because I heard him say more than just go. I heard him say go possess because I've given it. If I, God, has given it to you, and I am the God that created and made it, and I've ordained it and put your name on it, then it is not something that I'm about to do. It is something that I've already done. But because your astuteness, because your esteem, because of who you see you as. Because, again, if I send you over there, and you're telling me as God that I can't do it when I say you can, but the reality is it's not that uh, it's not achievable. It's just that you don't think that you can achieve it. And so you got so many excuses that you're not accomplishing what God wants you to accomplish because you're settling at the brokenness of the first fundamental level of that word, not realizing that God was trying to give you something in addition to that word, and he does this so you stay tied to his majesty. And sometimes we let go of God's hand in certain areas of our life prematurely. 
And so the first moment we don't get what we thought we should have had, we're discouraged. And we're ready to call it a day. But when you get that additional word, somebody say, man of God, where am I tonight? The reason you're fighting those those feelings, those emotions, those disappointments, those dejecting feelings is because you keep following the word of God and it just seems like the word of God keeps leading you to a dead end. But I came to tell you tonight, it did not lead you to a dead end. You got dead with the word that you received. You received it for where it was right then, and you took a break because finally the fire got cooled off. And so you not only got cool, but you stayed a little longer than you should have, and not knowing that, okay, I, I, he cooled me all the day, but I got to let my feet hit the floor tomorrow, and I got to seek the Lord while he may be found. What shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits towards me? How should I worship him? How should I do him? How should I position myself to get the rest of it? Because if he has told me I can possess, then ownership does not mean occupancy. And whoever is occupying what God says I possess is about to get evicted out of my promise which means that God is not creating a promise for you, but God has a promise for you, but you don't have the promise because you ain't got the additional word that's going to lead you into the fulfillment of your life and your dream. And God is trying to tell you tonight that it's time to position yourself for the second word. The disciples got the second word. The loaves and fish eaters got the first word. The second word was, not only mend your nets, not only let me use your boat and push off from the sea, but the additional word was not all, was let us launch out into the deep and cast your net on the other side, but notice where you're going to cast now. Your blessing will not be in this top heavy stuff. Your blessing is going to be in some really fundamental grounded stuff. Your blessing will not come through the light of shallow situational things or people, but your blessing is going to come when you get that other thing. What is that other thing? Launch out into the deep. You said the deep, Lord. I'm struggling on the basic level that I'm on. And you're telling me, that the reason I'm homeless is because I keep looking for an apartment and you're telling me to go pursue a home? I'm failing on the small end. And he talks to me about big stuff. But I'm so discouraged behind what I couldn't do on a smaller level. that I dare not jump out there. So I keep wandering around shallow water, shallow situations, and not knowing that God got some big things for me. He got land flowing with milk and honey. He got enormous fish out there for me. So much fish. The Bible said they had to signal for their partner. God said, I'm about to bless you, son. But not only am I about to bless you, 
I'm about to bless everything that is rightfully around you that is connected in covenant. Because it's about to be an additional revelation about to hit the house. That's going to propel, promote, and push us to the next phase. And the next phase is this. You're going to have to be comfortable or become comfortable fishing in other water. I know you know stained glass windows and pews, but, baby, there's some other waters out there. There's some deeper things. And now we got to get off milk and get in some meat so that you can go and possess the land because you can't possess the land with giants in it on a milk diet. You got to have some sustenance because the reality is you got to have the courage to be who God ordained you to be. They said we can't possess the land because the giants over there, not realizing that the giants never saw them because they were spies, and the spies that they were, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. The giants didn't. And based upon how they viewed themselves is why they kept having the same stuff that they kept having to the point eventually went into the wilderness and wandered for 40 years because they discredited, discounted themselves, unlike the disciples. The disciples were discouraged, but they took Jesus at his word and hopped back in that boat and did it again. They tried it one more time. And look how awesome and how brilliant grace is. That grace says, let's push off. So I can speak to these multitudes. And really what he's trying to do is not get a word to the loaves and fish eaters in their numbers, 5,000. But really what he's trying to do is just feed the 12. I understand everybody's saying they're getting the word at church. They ain't getting it. Sometimes I hear them regurgitated back to me, and that ain't it. <laughs> that, that, that ain't it. But then there's these other ones. They're so locked in. And you know that life outside of Sunday morning is before the Lord because their reception level. The Bible says this. Jesus says, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit has to say, which means you've got to have a spiritually fine-tuned ear, and you can't have that in discouragement, doubt, brokenness, and wounded net. You got to fix that net so you can throw it on the other side. And they threw it on the other side, but they didn't do it in their flesh this time. They didn't do it based upon their professionalism. They did it in obedience to the word of God. They said, nevertheless, at your word, I'm going to do what I've already done that was disappointing. And the reason it was disappointing is because you cannot have a disappointment where there is no expectation. And if you are disappointed, that's because your expectations have not been met in that thing. But the reason, you, and the, thing, the reason you keep doing it is because sometimes it works, but most time it don't. But because you're so arrogant, so much pride, that you still stuck on the first time it worked for you. 
And so you're still trying to do that same stuff, not realizing that you are a disciple now. And the same old, same old don't work no more for you. Jesus said it like this. When it came to greatness, he said to his disciples, he said, I know how the world sees greatness. He said, but it shall not be so amongst you. Because you're my disciple. You're mine. And you don't achieve like everybody else do it. You don't justify your end by your end. You justify your end by your means. And your means don't mean that you always did it methodically, but I did do it obediently. I did it the way God said do it, and when I do it the way God said do it, then blessing will follow me, hunt me down, and do what the word said it would do. And he said it will overtake me. And so nevertheless, God, coming to somebody's house tonight to tell you to get it in your heart tonight, nevertheless, I'm going to square my shoulders, hold my head up, and move again because it's at your word. I'm not doing it out of my flesh. I'm doing it out of obedience, and I cannot be obedient to something that I have not heard. And the only way I can hear it spiritually is I have to be wired to hear. And tonight, the spirit of grace has offered you an opportunity to hear something you couldn't hear. He's going to instruct you and guide you on what to do in those matters. And you'll take your net and throw it on the other side of the boat and watch what you do this time. Watch how the word is still moving. Go out into the deep. Don't cast over here, but cast your net over there. Because your net, disciples, is for the other side. Not for tradition, religion, mediocrity. You ordained for the deep. You started over on land, but God always had the deep for you. And in the deep, you can't fish with no pole. When you're in the deep, you got to use your net. And if you hear me with ears to hear, ladder house, it is your net that works. All this testifying, sharing, comparing in the Holy Ghost, God is gathering with the saints in common unity. Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, I'd be right there, whether you're on the phone line or in the food line. I'm right there. And I'm revealing releasing and sometimes the revelation and the word may come through me but because the grace of the apostolic anointing is upon the vision then you operate under a grace that is not your own and you do things that you could not do because you're operating in grace but understand boo this ain't the time to get arrogant it's only working because you're under grace And Paul says, the apostolic anointed one, he says that you are partakers of my grace. It's not because of who you are. It's because of the grace of God on my life to do what it is that God is calling me to do that caused me to be in chains, that caused me to be in pain, that caused me to be snake-bitten, that caused me to have uh, a fire burn, to be stoned. So if you want my spot, come get it. But trust me, there's a whole lot of hell up these stairs, a whole lot of fire in this place. There's a whole lot of trouble, persecution, 
backbiting, betrayal, and you still got to love. You still got to show peace. You still got to be optimistic. You still got to believe him. And sometime as a man of God who has been anointed to be the one, sometime I feel like I need a one. And I wish this was for somebody else. But then God gives me that additional word, and he resuscitates my veins, pumps me again, and moves me forward. Because somebody would come back and start talking about how God blessed them and God had changed them and how God spoke a word through our man of God. And I got it, and I began to walk in that thing. And that gives me all the fuel that I need to go back at it again. But I didn't feel it. I, I had to go back again because the saints, were moved by the word that was spoken. Paul said, I've been given the grace, the dispensation of grace, to reveal the hidden mysteries for you who are the partakers of the grace. It's teamwork that make the dream work. And the dream works when the net is cast on the other side so the net can work. That network will work so strong that it will have to send a sign, a signal, a recommendation, a revelation, a point of view to its partners. The Bible says that the nut caught the fish in the fish. That the disciples caught never was the intended point of their ministry. Jesus used their occupation to be a revelation of the vision that he was trying to give them. He wasn't trying to make them fishers of fish. He was trying to make them fishers of men. And he said, if you're going to catch men, you can't, be so, you can't be so lethargic, repetitious in your approach. Because men are fickle. And they change from time to time. And they may not be over here. Life is changing. Things are moving. Ministry is changing. And you've got to be willing to go into deeper waters and do something you've never done before. But if you ain't ready to do something you ain't never done before, you don't need to be in these waters anyway, not less on this ship. You need to be on the land. And God is starting to make distinctions between some of the people you're hanging out with that most of them need to be on the land. They ain't ready for this 12 group. They're still lumped in the 5,000. They're still victim to their self. They're not trying to break through. They're not trying to get a breakthrough. They're not trying to be healed. They're not trying to be delivered. They're trying to be as sneaky as they can be, and I'll say it like the Holy Ghost said. They're trying to be as sneaky as hell so that they can manipulate heaven. But you cannot manipulate heaven, baby, because the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The only way you're going to get this, Peter, is if my father is in heaven reveals this thing to you. But he can't reveal it unless you're willing to push away from shore, move away from your safety, get away from your comfort zone, get away from your crutches, and all the things that keep you stagnant, stuck in who you are presently, that keeps you running into life unproductively with snares, tears, and holes in it. And you're never catching, never accomplishing, never getting because you can't, you're so broken that you can't network together anyway. Because every time you get with people, there's always some level of corruption, some argument, some fight, some display of ungodliness, something that is just totally corrupt, imputed, just gone. 
bad. Because you you in church still and you need to stay on the shore and fulfill the basic fundamentals of this word before you start trying to come up over here with this deep sea diving gear belong. But I got to tell you, there's about to be a division and a line of demarcation because God is maturing the ministry now. We've been through the storm and rain. Oh, but we made it. And that storm and that rain that brought that pain has developed muscle, brought forth wisdom, brought a grace and a power that you did not have on your own. It matured you, even though you didn't like it. You didn't like the stuff that snagged your neck. You didn't like the stuff that holds you up. You didn't like it. But yet still. God's grace was present, feeding and fueling you the word of faith that built you up. But now all of a sudden, you feel stronger, wiser, better, and you show enough tired of sitting in church. Lord, move me into the kingdom where the waters are deep, where the fish are bigger. The opportunities are more prominent, so much so that I got to develop partnerships, operate as a network, or will, or will I always be one of them people, them Christians that can't get along with nobody, that keep messing up opportunities, and therefore I always need to be mended, I always need to be fixed. And so instead of coming to get the word of revelation for your destiny, you still need that word that makes you feel better about you. When the reality is you need to rethink. Think again. Change your action. Challenge yourself. Turn your weapons on you so that you can get a great catch. A catch with no Seaweed, no rock, no no cake cutters, all 100% productivity. God is about to lead us into a day of 100% productivity, meaning what you are pursuing, you're going to not only accomplish it, but it's going to turn out the way you expected it and exceed the expectations because you're not doing it on your own unctions or abilities anymore. You have submitted your abilities and your unctions to the Holy Ghost now. And you say, Lord, I ain't moving until you speak. And I ain't going to be so presumptuous that I'm going to move just because I heard something once. I'm going to move when that preceding revelation keeps coming to me. The psalm says, God said it once, but twice have I heard it. That power belongs to God. God said it once, but I heard it twice because it was a resounding voice. 
and how it hit over here is not how it sounded over there. Because what it hit over here, it kept unfolding and resounding. And the further out the word got, the broader it got. A resounding word don't stay small. A resounding word moves you into the big. And your small stuff ain't working no more because God is trying to move you in the big leagues. And in the big leagues, you got to learn how to operate the power of God. God said it once. But twice have I heard it because I said what God said. God preached to me through my man of God, and I knew it was a word from God, so I said what God said through my man of God. Because many are called. But mine has been sent. And I know he's going to come with something. And when it comes, I'm going to grab it, and I'm going to have the courage to let it loose and follow its resounding with the awareness that God is never trying to keep me small. If I'm small too long and God got me here, he's not trying to make me small. He's trying to make me wise, astute, informed, understood, learned, equipped, ready. Take you to a place where you won't fail, fall short. Just start conquering every, every time. You hear me tonight? You're experiencing some people, someone is experiencing some level of rejection, dejection, hopelessness because you're disappointed if you be honest in your obedience to the initial word. You did it. You did what God said to but you ended up now like it's maxed out. Because you camped around what was first. And so how you pursue God now is how you pursued God all your life. God's trying to do something different in you now. Trying to take you to bigger places. In other words, he's about to get you out of this pettiness. Pettiness. You'd be surprised what tore that net. Little small fish chewing at it. Small stuff. Didn't even realize that it was ripping at you until you had a hole. One so big that you just got discouraged at the size of it. You were discouraged at the thought of the responsibility of repairing this thing. Not only does it have to be repaired, but Lord, who could suit, suit my case? I don't understand. I got so many rips. All behind following the word. Not because of the word. You didn't stay tuned. And you got just enough to get out there to be dangerous to yourself and others. You thought you had enough to walk in the word. You thought you had enough. That's why God gave you your man of God. And if you're thinking I'm talking about me, no. But I am talking as a relationship to the responsibility that I've been given, given by most of the people that are on this line tonight. Because I understand that what I do, I do it by grace. I didn't study what I just gave you tonight. I gave it to you by grace. It was a revealed revelation of the Spirit that God is speaking to me. 
and gave us point by point, line upon line, precept on precept, from Old Testament to New Testament to the revealed understanding of God's word to you tonight, that you got something that was hidden, uncovered. Oh, God. I moved too fast. I was presumptuous. I didn't get the second piece of instruction. But, Lord, thank you for correcting me tonight. Now, unstop my ears so I can hear you so clearly and I, so I can feel you more dearly and I can know that you're near. Is that all right, y'all? It's all right. Is that all right tonight, man? Is Amen. that all right? Amen. Amen. Thank, you, thank you for unstopping You don't have to be sad no more. Mm. That Thank your sadness you. is ending tonight. You're going to wake up and Thank the happiness is going to hit you. you. Yeah. Why is it going to hit me? It's going to hit me because I finally got what I needed. That's what I was missing, God. I didn't get the rest of it. And that's why the productivity has ceased. That's why it's not bringing the same result it used to bring. It's not bringing the peace, the joy, the comfort, the excitement it used to because the first ran out. And he ain't camped around that mountain no more, side no more. The cloud has moved, baby. The manna has ceased, which means you got to pick up your bed now and walk to a different location. Do you want to be healed? Then trust me, men. If you want to be healed, you ain't got to wait for the angel to stir this water up once a year. But I can heal you without even putting you in this water. You ain't even got to walk down there to the shore. I can get you right here and right now. But it starts with you opening yourself up to hearing me on another level. Yes, he understood the fundamental basic word, which was the legendary thought that whoever went to the pool of Bethesda, at the time that the angel would come once a year and got into that water, and whoever got in first got healed from whatever. That was a basic word. And so you bought that basic understanding, not realizing that it wasn't proper nor in alignment with the word of God, and that so it couldn't be a, a, a statement of truth. It had to be a statement of legend. It was a statement of what they thought about that place, that whoever got in first, got healed from whatever. No, that is inconsistent with the word of God. The word of God and the grace of God, the power of God, is not limited or suggested or isolated to one set of people or the first or the richest or the wealthiest or the smartest or the most brilliant or the most uh, the person living the right uh, zip code. But the grace of God is always consistent with those that are the obedient of God. And the obedient of God will always walk in an overflow of blessing and increase because they obey him at whatever cost. And even if the cost is giving up their opinion and crucifying their emotions and flesh, which means I don't get to walk in lust and promise. The lust of my opinion, the lust of my ideal, the lust of my thoughts, how it should be. And because it ain't how you think it should be, you, you, you think God ain't in it. No, God is totally in it. He's the one making sure it ain't what it used to be. 
because it ain't supposed to be what it's supposed to, what used to be. It's supposed to be in the deep now. Amen. You're supposed to be in deeper territory now, but you're still camping around mediocrity because you don't have the tenaciousness yet, disciple, to disappoint somebody. So you rather continue to suffer severe losses while you keep trying to give yourself inadequate situations, things that are not equipped to facilitate this movement in your life. Agnes might have been your girlfriend since high school. But, baby, Agnes stuck. And if you keep camping around, you're going to be stuck like Agnes, disappointed like Agnes, mean and bitter at an old age because you did not allow the Lord to become your delight and move you in to your dream. And so you have all this resentment and regret. Body picking. <coughs> running out. To your word. And moving. You got room for a few responses to the word tonight. Amen. God bless you. Oh, God bless you. Anybody want to respond to the word of God tonight? Then God bless your heart, all your parts. Remember, you are rich and abundantly supplied. You are above and not beneath. You are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. You're the head and not the tail. You are above and not beneath. God, in the name of Jesus, we release you to be all that you are, and we pray, Father, that you lead us into our land of fruitfulness and our harvests. Father, I rebuke the adversary on this evening, and I declare that his work is finalized and over. I claim it done now in the name of Jesus. And I release the open door that leads us into every graced place, every wealthy place, every restored place, every healed place. I thank you, Father, that you're leading us into the promise, and therefore we're soaring, Father, on everything that you have purposed for us to be because we have made up our mind to obey you even against ourselves. We crucify our flesh now, and we tell it to be quiet. We tell our emotions to be quiet. We will obey you so that we can overcome. We will not be at the same place next year as we were this year because we have made up our mind. We will pursue you at all costs. When your cloud moves, we're going to go after that cloud. When the pillar of fire moves, we're going after that pillar of fire, God, because we are disciplining ourselves to chase after you. We are disciplining ourselves to go after your unctions and your leadings, your understanding, promptings. We understand. That we got to have a preceding word. That we can't stay at the same level. Got to get up now. And being young is not an excuse to stay stuck. Because just because you are a youth doesn't mean you can't hear. And I say youth as an immature. You can be 75 and immature because you're still camping around John 3.16 in its basic understanding, but yet you haven't understood the distinction between that he will be 
a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your pathway. God will illuminate your path, not just give you a logos word, a, a, a logic word, so that you can read the computation and understand the thoughts of God. No, he's going to give you a revealed word that's going to lead you through darkness. And it's going to be a light to your individual path. And this is why you got to hear him, and you can't trust somebody else to hear him for you alone because you all have different paths. And so they'll be giving you information based upon where they are going. And you're trying to follow their pattern, and you're falling short, but yet they're walking in victory. And that's because you've got to learn to get the Logos word, that basic fundamental word, so you can step into the rhema and reveal word of God, which is a spiritual word. I am alerting to you all people tonight that it's growing time. And if we're going to grow, we, if we are going to grow, watch us here, then the I in the we got to grow. Because we don't grow until individuals start moving. Let's get up. Set our hearts afloat to do what God called us to do. Be sanctified, walking in destiny and purpose. Committed, sold out to the promise. Is that all right? God bless your heart. Go get your blessing. I love you with the love of the Lord. Thank you for letting me share with you tonight. I pray you are blessed. God bless. Amen. Good night. Talk to you in the morning. Insurance-minded speeches from GEICO. Hardship. My grandmother would go through it every month to pay her insurance bill. First, she would handwrite a paper check, in cursive. Then, using her own tongue, she would wet a stamp for an envelope. Today, however, we need not weary our hands and tongues. Today, we can pay our GEICO bill with the GEICO app. Away with hardship, in with bill pay on the GEICO app. Thank you.